our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. It's like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. That's right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. A victory edition of the Longhorn Blitz podcast. Amen, brother. Man. Yeah, it beats the alternative. <laughs> Texas goes on the road, gets a 34-27 win over Kansas State. We'll talk about that game and get you ready for, dare I say, a potential program-defining game for Steve Sarkeesian. With TCU coming to town, we'll talk about the ramifications with the Horn Frogs coming to Austin. Game day's in town. It's a primetime ABC game. Massive recruiting weekend. Guys, relevant football in November is fun as hell, isn't it? <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> like it's been a yeah. minute, and yeah. we haven't been here that often since we've been doing this podcast. But it's this been is, a minute, but I guess it's been five years. This is, in 2018, this is, uh, you, were, yes. you were in it late, too. Yeah. We went to the Big 12 title. And 2020 they were, but that was just so... Yeah, it was sort of the same way 2013 yeah, we knew happened. Was off. Exactly, because 2013 was that way. Like, you were... It mattered in December, but it really didn't matter. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> it mattered, but it didn't matter. It's like that vacation before you know the divorce is coming. Like, well, I know we're getting... But we're going to have a good time. I <laughs> understand vacation. We spent some money on it, and the kids are here, so let's do it. Uh, <laughs> do it for the kids. For the do children. It, do you, it for the kids. You always, that always works. Well, we do the show for the people. And uh, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we thank you so much for continuing to support the Longhorn Blitz podcast. A couple of different ways you could do it. Uh, If you are a subscriber, thank you so much. If you're not, search Horns 24-7 anywhere you get your podcasts. That's Horns 247, no dashes, no slashes, no spaces. Click that follow button. Get every episode of the Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays. You can also hear it Wednesday nights in the Austin market on 104.9 The Horn. That's 104.9-1019 AM 12.60, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Again, that's Wednesday nights at uh, 7 at uh, seven p.m. You can also, not this week, but most weeks, get the Encore presentation Thursdays at 8 after Longhorn Weekly with Steve Sarkeesian. Not the case this week because of Texas basketball, but you can listen to it on the Horn. Also, you can get it at Horns 24-7. The latest and greatest in Longhorn team news, notes, and nuggets. The best recruiting coverage in the Texas market with Mike Roach and Hudson Standish. It's all there for you at Horns 24-7. All right, let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, our lead research analyst on Longhorn Blitz, and a daily fantasy guru. He is Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well, man. How about you? I'm awesome. And the third member of our team, he wears many hats. 
including co-hosting Ball Don't Lie with Mike Harge each and every weekday on the Horn from 3 to 7. But for the purposes of this podcast, he is our lockdown corner on Longhorn Blitz. Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UG All-American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, he got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 Acres, where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes back in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get the All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thank you for the intro, brother. Damn good as always. I do my best. Damn fine. I do my best. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Longhorns did their best in the first half. Second half against Kansas State was a little wonky. We've come to expect that. But, but Rod, what kind of a butt is it? It's a Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, making the stallion size butt. They got the win. Got the dub, man. Over Kansas. They got the dub. Uh, I heard heard you talk about it, Rod. You use that term. I've said the same thing. Like, look, think about the first time you did anything significant in life. It probably wasn't clean. It probably a lot of stuff you would have done different. But Mm -hmm. the experience of just doing it, got it done, man. And getting over the hump for this team. I think the psychological part of that is just it's massive. Totally agree with you. Uh, And I think the way they did it. You know, Sark's got two true road wins in his first two years here at Texas, both against Purple Kryptonite teams. Um, and both of those are also the only two times that Bijan Robinson in his Texas career has rushed the football at least 30 times in a game. So he just puts some Bijan on it, and it works. It works. Well, you're on the road, it works when your quarterback's having an off game or – uh, he's a young, inexperienced quarterback, or your offensive line can't hold up, or your wide receivers dropping passes. Just put some Bijan on it, and I think that's going to be his formula for the next, you know, four, five, whatever, how many games they got left. It'll be the <laughs> next formula for him. I'll do you one better, Rod. Bijan's got three career games with thirty plus touches. Yeah, because he had thirty two touches in the Iowa State game this year. Okay, they've won all three of those. Okay, there you go. And you, yeah, I love that. That's that's even better. Yeah, cause I think he had sixty nine total in that TCU game last year and the K State game. Of course, this year they're two true road wins. So yeah, <laughs> give it to Bijan, man. He's just that damn good. You got to ride him, and that's sort yeah. of. I mean, we even talked about it pre Sark because we're like, you know, it'd be really crazy if like the reason Tom Herman doesn't come back is like he just wasn't getting the ball to his best players the most. And then we were like, ah, Sarkeesian's a guy that funnels usage through his best players, and like oh, yeah. we've we've seen it go up definitely from the previous era because it's been a lot of X Men, mm-hmm. a lot of Bijan, but. And being timely and understanding gameplay and situation and scenarios and being able to close a game out and you have that type of weapon, you got to use it while you got it. Yep. Rod, we we got plenty to talk about with the offense, but I'm going to start actually start with the Texas defense because you said something on Ball Don't Lie that uh, that I agreed with as I was watching the game. It jived with what I was thinking. K State came out in their first drive, man. It was like. To quote Nick Saban, it was like S through a tin horn, man. They mm-hmm. just they schemed up some gap runs really nice on Texas. But Texas adjusted, and K-State kept trying to run the ball, and they tried to get their quarterback run game going. And Martinez had a couple of scrambles, but other than that, they never really got the quarterback run game going. And it's like, man, 
the path of least resistance against Texas is not trying to run the football. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, they haven't given up a 100-yard rusher this year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they face good backs. Yeah, and I was I was leaning K-State in this game just straight up because I was figuring I thought they'd start Will Howard. I picked K-State for the record. Yeah, I thought they'd start Will Howard. They didn't start Will Howard. They started Adrian Martinez. And I said, you know, if Chris Kleiman and Colin Klein decide to start, you know, Adrian Martinez or Will Howard, whoever they pick, it'll basically tell you that the film that they've watched is telling them, oh, man, the best way to beat Texas is with yeah. this way, right? Adrian Martinez tells you they think the best way to beat Texas is running the rock. Yeah, they ain't watching the same film I'm watching. Because they have no, they have no vertical passing game <laughs> right? with Adrian like, Martinez. What, what film? What film are y'all watching? Because the the film that I watch says, you know, the more competent passer who yeah. also can run as a compliment, that's probably the way to beat Texas. And I don't know why they thought Adrian Martinez was the way to go. That was just that was, that was a yeah. miscalculation by a really good coach in Chris Kleiman, but a miscalculation. And even Adrian Martinez. Hell, he, looked, he was throwing the ball. He was throwing the. He's not even the best pass. He was throwing the rock. And where did he, he make the most of his hay? Right there in the sweet spot. Oh, Zero to 19 I, yards between the numbers. He was 16 to 20 for 241 yards. Exactly where down. we said to yeah. attack Texas. But he, he, but he did have that that pick, though, Jalen Ford. Yep. So give him uh, credit there. That was, a, that was a huge play. Now, going into the game, he had been more productive throwing the ball there than Will Howard had. Granted, with Will Howard, you do get the vertical game. Yeah. He had been more productive throwing there. But I was. The I was fit, no, no, no. The film that I watch, it's like when Sark tells you, oh, he has the same offense with Quinn Ewers and Hilson Card. Nope. You can say that, but my eyes tell me different. Yeah. And the same thing with Colin Klein. He can say that the offense is the same with Will Howard and it's, it's the not. same with Adrian Martinez. It's not. No. It's very different. Yeah. And the the better game plan, obviously, would have been to attack Texas via the pass game. Texas is one of the best teams in the country at stopping the run. Yeah. Yeah. That was almost insulting for you to come in there and be like, well, we're going to run the rock against Texas. Like, no, you ain't. And like we talked about it. they run the rock against Texas. They can, do it with, they can defend the run with light boxes. Yeah, because their front been, four yeah. is so good. Yeah, yep. And really, let me rephrase. Did their, their, in the interior, State game their interior D line is so good. Yes, yeah, what they should in Oklahoma State game. Remember, I said they should have did. Mm-hmm. They should have went light boxes and defended the pass because you can go light boxes when you can win one on ones consistently to the point where you can demand a double team. And Texas just has five. They're five deep. They got five starters in the interior D line. Honestly, there's probably four or five teams in the country that can say that. Yeah, in Texas, you look at the yards per rush before contact or against their defense. We talked about it every single game. It's been immense. Like the only time that it was anything over like one point nine was against Bama, strictly because of one run by McClellan that yeah. threw the numbers. Eighty-one yarder, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's it's also amazing. Texas hasn't given up a hundred yard rusher, but gave up an eighty-one yard run. And he was it. as close as it came. I think. I think he had ninety-seven yeah, or something. Exactly. So he was right there. And yeah, but it yeah. also shows that Texas. It was just one bad play that. Really Really skewed those numbers because it was 1.7 before contact mm-hmm. per rush against K-State. Yeah, and yeah. you look even against Iowa State, even against all the good rushing teams Texas has faced, they've been like over one. Then all the other ones, Texas held under one. So the numbers have been there. The Agreed. run defense has been just shutting people down. And the percent of rushes that even over five yards, it's been minimal. And Texas on the other side, this game was the first time Texas really dominated field, of possession, field I, position. I think they've only allowed I'm not mistaken, six rushes of 20-plus yards all year. That's impressive. Yeah, K-State. If I'm not mistaken, that's the number. Martinez had a 14-yard scramble. That was their longest run play. Oh, yeah, I I remember this. And then Martinez had a quarterback run for 11, Deuce Vaughn for 11, Deuce Vaughn for 11, Deuce Vaughn for 10. Those were their explosive run plays. 
Man. They never got that's other than the Jace McClellan run and the Jaden Nixon run in the Oklahoma State game. You guys correct me if I'm not thinking about something else. Maybe some of those jet sweeps Oklahoma ran. Actually, strangely enough, I think ULM had a big run randomly toward the end of the game. Oh, like you know what, Rod? Year. I it think was, you're right. Yeah, like a, it was like, 25 it was like, yard or something. Yeah, it was like a long, I know, but it, it was like the third straight guys yeah. in there. So nothing against those guys. And then I think Jalil, Jalil yeah. Farouk had a couple of those jet sweeps, and then some of those might have yeah. counted as passes. I don't remember if they were yeah. forward flips or you're right, not. But you're right, man. I it I, it's hard to to think of them right now. Like I I can't think of many. They it's, haven't. They have been not, very far and you know. I mean, few and far between. I think is the term. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you're looking the for, uh, the explosive uh, the explosive yeah. run plays. The explosive, the t- and this is the interesting. I think it leads to the TCU discussion. TCU, I believe, leads the country, and and this actually is, it helps them against Texas because Texas. You were talking about this on like the tower yesterday, I believe. Texas red zone efficiency offensively and defensively recently. Mm-hmm. They've been really, really good there. Yeah. Situational football, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, TCU doesn't even need that because mm-hmm. they have scored more touchdowns of 20-plus yards than any team in the country. I think 48% of their touchdowns somewhere around there come from 20-plus yard touchdowns, like explosive plays over the top. I'm not worried about Texas giving those up in the run game because they've been consistent all year. My concern would be Texas giving up those those explosive plays in the passing game. If you look at twenty plus yard plays allowed, if Texas only allowed six rushing plays of that magnitude, but I think the passing is around thirty. It's like thirty six. Yeah, yeah. No, no, sorry, thirty three. Yeah. yeah, and I if you look at that ten, uh, and according yes, to thirty three, thirty three, it's thirty nine total, six rushing. 33 passing. Think about how different that is. Yeah. And, and K-State win, they're thinking, we're going to run the rock. It's like, what film are y'all watching? Like, what are you talking about? You going to run the rock? Man, K.J. Coburn's like, uh, I think not. You know what? You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring back a phrase, Rod, from the Tom Herman era. You know what that was? Arrogant game plan. It was an arrogant game plan. It's like, I know you got deuce, but, bro, Texas is legit when it comes to the rush defense. Yeah. Yep. They're the real deal. Well. Let's talk about the Texas pass defense because I was, to your point, right about Adrian Martinez. I was texting back and forth with my buddy who's a high school coach, and you know he's he's really good on X's and O stuff, and yeah. we we chop it up. And he said, you know, he's like, it's not like Martinez is just out there throwing dimes. This is just bad coverage. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's man, not he, like he was just carving Texas he, up. He, threw like, some, he had some that he stood in the pocket that were just really good throws. But that man, really were. But Texas. Basically, has been susceptible to a few. Like they basically, they did much better at the in breaking routes. Like they did a much better job at defending slants, the in routes, uh, the you know glances, especially in the red area. Yes, and after the first routes. quarter, because that first couple of drives they were just getting them in the middle to like deuce, you know. But yes. then oh after no no, that, no but they, they still got down. the middle. That's what yeah. I'm saying. No, no, I'm talking about in breaking. I'm talking about slants, gotcha. glances, post routes. Uh, an in break in routes, what they call basically a ninety degree angle. You go five or ten yards, and you go straight, you flatten it across. Those routes they did much better on defending those because they did emphasize some inside leverage, but they still were really susceptible to second level crossing routes and then the six route, what they call basically you going fifteen yards and you're crossing it. Malik Knowles mm-hmm. had that a couple of times when yeah. he's a number one wide receiver on the outside, either a two by two or a three by one with trips, and then he just goes down fifteen yards. They clear out with two and three yeah. inside, mm-hmm. and then he runs a six route all across the middle and he's wide blank open um so they're still susceptible there because the linebacker drops it's just that's just tough you're hoping your pressure gets there 
Yeah, I mean, every defense probably is a little susceptible to that when you look at it. But Texas pattern matching zones, they're just struggling with it. They are. The uh, Warner touchdown, 25-yarder. Uh, first right? play of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, that was basically there in what I saw was kind of cover four pattern match zone. They got twins over there. They go stack twins, by the way, bunch formation. Who been telling you about that? But they, 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 make, they go stack, stack twins over there, and it's a brilliant route concept. The tight end basically runs a seven route at 15 yards and out to the corner. And then Warner runs a a curl or a hitch. It's about seven yards. And then angles, almost a angle route to the, basically like a slant route, if you want to call it a post, if you will, too. But he runs a hitch route in between, so it's a double move. Yeah. And the the corner and the safety are supposed to be pattern matching, which means uh, they once a player declares into their zone, it's their man. It's zone that becomes a man, man coverage. All right, matchup zone, if you will. Mm-hmm. But because he does a hitch route, all right, and it's a double move. That seven route, the safety takes it because he's like, that's my man. Declared in my zone, I'm not. I, you know, number one went away. I'm yeah. done. This is my guy. So essentially, it is a rub route or a switch route. Late, it's a late delayed switch route up yeah. the field, mm-hmm. which I gotta tell you, as a DB. That's really hard to defend. It's almost impossible. If yeah, you're following, yes, exactly. if you have to freelance. Yeah, you got to talk to some DBs who've been playing together for a really long time. And so the corner, he lets number one go, and he tries to sink. But when he sinks, then number one, after the hitch route or after the curl route, ends up angling right toward what would be a post route in it. So it's a double yeah. move. And that that little bit of double move, that hesitation, and the switch route later on, so they're supposed to be able to pass that off, they cannot. And teams are going to do that more. And by the way, K-State, that is a kind of a staple for them. Teams are going to do that more. I guarantee TC is going to do it. It's too easy. When and you, Texas plays yeah. a lot of cover four pattern match zone. When you do a lot of cover four and you run that, you know the, the where I vividly remember seeing that same concept? Go back, because Gary Patterson does that a lot. Mm-hmm. Go back to yeah. the 2020 Texas game against TCU. Brennan Eagle scored on almost that exact same concept. Yeah, like a le- delay down mm-hmm. the field. switch. Right he almost yeah. ran like a little hitch, yeah. and then as soon as things cleared out, it just booms right up the seam and um, wide open. You're going to be wide open because, yeah. I mean, as a DB, I can tell you if we're playing pattern match zone, the rules of pattern match zone tell me that once a, a guy declares in my zone, you should take him. So basically, you would have to break the rules. Mm-hmm. Because freelance, like, yeah, because yeah. essentially that guy has not really declared in your zone. He runs a hitch route, so you're like, man, I'll let that go. I'm, I mean, I am playing cover four. I yeah. am, you know, the fourth. I'm responsible for that. But then that seven route comes in your zone. And you go, hey, that's mine. Mm-hmm. But then you forget all about the underneath guy who decides to go to the angle yeah. route. And by the way, your safety over the top has declared. Also, he's taking the seven, and y'all both take it. Yep. It ain't that different from what happened when Xavier Hutchinson ends up wide open. Because uh, they have a, a yep. uh, you know, I mean, they had an inside route that ended up going. Yeah, and then basically the corner takes him in, the safety takes him. And then you end up, oh, damn. So that pattern match, it's, it's haunted Texas a little bit, too. Yeah. That's why teams use the uh, bunch formations against them, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Because then you got you to gotta really be reading the, the, the route combinations to know where you are and what your responsibilities are in that pattern match. It's really, it was just a great, it, it more of a better play by K-State than a bust by Texas. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, yeah it's a really been, good combination. If people have been watching the Miami Dolphins in the way that they 
they, because like, yeah. they do a ton of that. They do because there's walling Tyreek Hill downfield yeah. Yeah. with a late switch route. Like, what yeah, am I gonna do? <laughs> you got no. It's they're all those same concepts and they get wide open. Yeah. Like I saw them backed up against their own two yard line and they got to the opposing thirty on two plays. Yeah, they did it back to back. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And that's and I mean that's usually that's the way you're supposed to play it, Mike. That's the best zone. You won't play just static zone where you know you're sticking to your quarter or your zone. But that's the only way to beat that concept. It's to be playing static zone and to pass it off. It yeah. is, like I said, it, it was next level for well, good chess in a chess match within the game that you got to give K State a win for that one. So the reason why I like uh, bunch formations, Rod, because especially like that little diamond bunch formation Ooh. the teams use, you can you can run. Everybody can run the same route concepts, but if you switch it up and determine, you know, this guy was running a delayed release. Now it's now you know number three is running a delayed release, but now on the next snap it's the same concept. But now number one's running the delayed release. Yeah. It just it totally it throws, just, off every, it throws off everything. Yeah. And this is why I, was, I guess we can get into it right now. When you talk about Texas, and I went and looked at it, like seventy, nearly seventy percent of the twenty plus yard pass plays they've given up, they've had uh, they they have to face either trips, three by one sets, or quads. Actually, one time too. Or they've had to face what I call pseudo trips, which is offset back to the twins. Okay. Which these days, that's a Deuce Vaughn. Man, that's a damn trip. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? The way, the way he can kind of work the route concepts downfield as a running back. And what that does is, if Texas is playing, let's say Texas is playing cover four, if if that safety, if they say if they just stay stay true to uh, two high shell looks, right? Um, well, then middle of the field is wide open. It literally, mm-hmm. they literally called it open. I yeah. mean, it's the middle of the field is open. So that means I can, I can, I can, you know, scheme up all types of route concepts to get right there to that wide open piece of the field. Especially because most most safeties end up splitting. Right, they don't go straight yeah. back. They split mm-hmm. closer, you know. I mean, to those to the, to the numbers and trying to get to the numbers wherever their landmarks are. So that's easy. But most teams, if there's a trip set, they're going to try to shade. Those safeties will shade. So the, the safeties will the one safety will shade over to the trip set, and the other safety will almost come to close to being a middle field safety and leave what single receiver wide open one on one. Take it all day, every day, mm-hmm. and twice on Sunday. Put your best guy over there. You create a one on one. All right. So it, 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 whether they do whatever they do in cover four. You still have an advantage, right? No yeah. matter which way they approach it. If they cover out in cover three, you still got an advantage in cover three because you only got two deep guys over the trip side, and I got three guys. Man, I'll run y'all crazy and run an underneath guy right there in the intermediate zone, yeah. or I can just go to the one-on-one over there on the single receiver side because you basically he's in man-to-man coverage. And if you go man-to-man, I already created formationally a one-on-one on the single receiver yeah. side, and I got rub routes working on the bunch side because all I gotta do is create a bunch over there. Like it is. Three by one is the way to go if you want to totally stress any type of zone coverage for me. And that's why empty is almost the ultimate stressor. Yeah, if you go and teams went empty. Hell, can you say went empty against uh, Texas? Guy? I want to yeah. say Emily Knowles thing that it came in empty. If I'm not mistaken, I'll look at it. You but, got that written down. I'll give you a second to look for yeah, it. Right? No, I got I got stuff all kind of crazy stuff written down. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. No, um, and you're you talk about uh, an yeah, offense. Sixty two uh, yarder, empty. empty three by two set. You talk about an Six offense route. that they're going to show you three by ones. They're going to and and with wide splits. I mean TCU, it's it's an air raid offense. Sonny mm-hmm. Dykes' version of the air raid, and that's what's interesting about the air raid is there's so many. Uh, look, regardless of who's running it, right? Like it's Lincoln Riley's version, it's Dana Holgerson's version. This is Lincoln Riley's brother's version. Yeah, uh-huh. and so and, he got Lincoln's notes. And it's Sonny. It's Sonny. <laughs> it's you know Sonny Dykes' version too. Yeah. Um, so much of the so much of the pass game concepts 
are like from the original Mike Leach era. It's just guys mm-hmm. putting their own spin on it. Right. Man, there's so much stuff in the Air Raid rod that based on and a lot they do the Air Raid's a lot of three by one sets. Yep. Uh so much of it is, man, if like if you're if you're number three, so much of your route responsibilities are find grass and run to it. Yep. Stressing that backside yeah. defender, whoever that may be. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're not, you'll just open up more of the field, too. Yeah. And they're different because they'll throw to the middle of the field, and, like, some of those air raids, really, they kind of leave the middle of the field opening. The Bryles one is the one that really, the beard the shoot, shoot leaves the middle of the field uh, open. But that's why, you're right, TCU, man, they they take defenders out of the box as well as anybody in college football right now. Tennessee does a good job of it, too, but they're basically running or at Bryles' veer and shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, but Texas is in a really good position. They match up well because Texas, as we've talked about, they can stop the run with light boxes because they have such good interior defensive linemen. Yeah. They're deep there. They can rotate yep. them, and it's not a drop-off. So that's why Texas actually matches up well with TCU. TCU's big thing is not only do they take defenders out of the box, but they're good at displacing uh, basically pass defenders with run defenders. I mean, with basically displacing run defenders with pass defenders in the box, meaning they'll put a double-wing set uh, tight end or go 21 personnel, uh, but then uh, you kind of force you to put DBs close to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, then when you put those – or go those bunch or flex sets, put DBs close to the line of scrimmage, and then, oh, man, you got DBs in the run game, and I got tight ends blocking DBs. They're really good at that kind of stuff too. So the Texas actually matches up well, though, because Texas doesn't need to stack the box to stop the run. No, or get a pass rush because they've been able to do it with the interior and they've been able to just get basically a pass rush by four D linemen by numbers and Mm -hmm. get the results that they need. And that's another thing that's big because of the QB run game because TCU, Max Duggan, he's been great this year with just the QB run game to where like every way that you've seen TCU be able to try to get the numbers advantage, they can do it across the board with all their players and it's why their offense has been so good. He got, I got to find his numbers from the tech, uh, the uh, yeah, Max Duggan's numbers from the tech game. Because they hadn't been doing as much quarterback run. Uh, he got banged up in the Oklahoma State game, so I know they did almost no quarterback run Preserving against them. West Virginia. Um, he torched Oklahoma running. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> yep. And then he got banged up against Oklahoma State. And then let me see if I can find that. Uh, y'all give me just a sec. I apologize. But, no, it's uh, – no. I, because they've been leaning – the last couple of weeks they've been leaning more on Kendra Miller. And, by the way, Kendra Miller, if anybody didn't know, he's over 1,000 yards on the year now. Yeah, and yeah. he's – okay, now I'll just say this, and I haven't – you know, I haven't gone deep diving, rabbit holing yet on Sonny Dykes. I'm just in the last, like, five years, five, six years or so. But this is, I think, easily the best running game Sonny Dykes has ever had. Yeah, yes. it has been because SMU yeah. he didn't do a ton. Yeah, and Cal. then before with Cal, no, yeah. been a lot. Right, so I think that you start there. This is the most effective running game he's ever had, and he does have the plus one in the running game. And you know, one thing about the Big Twelve, and maybe it's because of the three high three high safety defense, which a lot of teams run. K State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State runs some concepts of it still. Iowa State. You can look at, on average, Big 12 teams have about six players in the box uh, per play, and uh, about 22% of the downs in the Big 12 have five or fewer players in the box. And a lot of that is deception, I believe, by teams just trying to lure you into mm-hmm. running the football, yeah. right? Because we're still, uh, you know, we're still, I think, in the ecosystem adapting to what used to be air raid, but now, as my man Jeff calls them, the hybrid spread offense. Mm-hmm. The reason K State is dominating like they are is because against those light boxes, the Big Twelve presents a lot of, uh, they can run the rock effectively. Yeah, like, TCU. 
Yeah, they can run the rock effectively. And like I say, I think Texas matches up well because I'm trying to think about other than K State, Iowa State, and we just saw what Texas did to K State and Iowa State. Mm-hmm. I mean, Texas. You're talking about one of the better rush defenses in the country, and I and I haven't. I got to go back and chart it, but I think Texas can stop the run with light boxes. They don't do it enough when they need to. Mm-hmm. They should have did it versus Oklahoma State. I think it would help them out a lot. But this game, I that, think you I mean, have to. This, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. They they don't leave you a choice. Yeah, but that's why Texas matches up well because Texas can do it. Because mm-hmm. I haven't looked at the numbers. I'll you know go figure out the numbers later on this week. But Texas in a light box, I'm not concerned about it. I think Texas actually has an advantage. Oftentimes with light box, because Jalen Ford is such a great run defender too. Yeah, which makes me think that TCU is probably going to play action early on and chunk it. Yeah, and I, I, if I were them, I'd throw it. I'd throw to open up the run. And that's where Johnston's health is such a big deal because Quinn Johnston is one of the best receivers in the country, and he has been the last two years. But the last couple of weeks, he's Oof. been really banged up in his foot. Yeah. He's had to leave games early, and like Jeff said, when I brought up Duggan's uh, running ability. Last three games, he has only 20 rushes for 85 yards. Before that was 29 rushes for 317 yards. Now, four for 116 all came in that Oklahoma game, but it clearly can see the last three games, just three yards per rush, 2.8 and 3.6. So since he got a little banged up, who knows if they're just smartly – Using him when timely and, you know, maybe preserve him and only going to run him the way that you'll see certain quarterbacks like in the NFL run in the playoffs or run out of necessity. That's a good point. And that might be this weekend if his health is back. Yeah, no, if you look point. at uh, gross yards, if you will, uh, not disgusting yards, but actually gross yards, <laughs> uh, Duggan was 8 for 29 against Tech, and then when you've combined sack yardage, it ends up being 12 for 6. Yeah, the yeah. numbers I give are PFF numbers, which don't include sack numbers because you shouldn't yeah. be using sack Right, numbers. right. But, yeah, use them a little more against Tech, so I would think the quarter the quarterback run game is in a little bit more this week. Yeah, Probably because I'm sure Sonny Dykes knows he needs it. Yeah, I, I you know, he definitely needs it, but I, like I said, I if I was him, I'd probably flip it. I'd work backwards. I'd passed open up the run. I know that sounds crazy, but, man, Texas just run, running against Texas, I don't think they're just going to be able to do that. I don't, I don't see anybody just doing that. Hell, Alabama couldn't just do it. I mean, they had that big run. but The only the only time I, this year that I've seen, and I, I mentioned this in the game thread on the on the flagship message board at Horns 24-7, that first drive K-State had, I'm like, that is the only time I can think of this year where somebody just lined up and ran the ball right at Texas successfully. Yeah. And, and it lasted one drive. Yeah, that was it. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I don't see it happening. But you know what? Maybe I am too arrogant now about Texas defense. I, maybe I'm too bullish on it, which is you know essentially a 180 from where we were in the offseason. No. But I've seen it now more than half the season. I mean, that, the most consistent part of this Texas team is Bijan Robinson and the Texas rush defense. It, I don't think I don't up, I don't right? think you're being that arrogant, Rod. Because if you if you I mean, take PFF grades for whatever you will. Texas, their interior defensive linemen, they've got four of the seven highest graded interior defensive linemen in the league. There you go. Uh, Ojemo's number one, Cobra's number four, Murphy's number five, Sweat's number seven. Yep. Yeah. And if, yeah. You're, in Texas as a team, 12th against defensive success rate against the rush. If you look at EPA per play, all the metrics, they're up there in the top half yeah. of the top 25. That's what I'm saying. Like I, if I'm Texas, man, I, I'm not stressing about that. I would help out. You're going against the, is it the best wide receiving quarter they faced all year? Mm. Yeah, if, especially if, if Quinn Johnson's healthy. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
UT, honestly, UTSA is a good receiver. UTSA court. is a they're, good They're one. the only one that's no, as good right. as and this. They in, some problems. I mean, I, in Iowa State has two with Hutchison and Knowles okay. But I say UTSA is the only one that's comparable to this one. We have yeah. three legit wide receivers. Yeah, we didn't know Knowles going into that game. He was going to be a playmaker, but he, no doubt he was. Barber, Davis, Savion Williams, and then if, if Johnson's healthy, yeah. 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 It is. You know what I mean? I think it is. Yep, and we were talking about those tight ends. At least you, played you know Oklahoma a lot St- about Jared Wiley. You played Oklahoma State without Braden Johnson. Yeah, that helped a lot. But then you had some. was a freshman that steps up. Stephen Williams. Williams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stephen Williams yeah. and Bryson Green. Yeah, there you go. Those man. were the two yeah, guys. Exactly. I don't, have enough slant bra- routes all day, I don't have enough brain space right now to <laughs> yeah. go back to the Oklahoma State I only boys. remember because Daily Fantasy. I was yeah. like, oh, man, oh. Texas is going to get up yards in the pass game. And these guys, I don't know who they are, but you got to play them. No, I was watching it again this morning. Like I said, I was up charting those. 20-plus yard uh, plays given up, and yeah, uh, too many. So Te- slant route. <laughs> Texas clearly got Oak State a week too early. They did. You know, they 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 look like they were they were ready to be beaten versus Texas. They yeah. were. Texas and they, didn't close the deal. They emptied whatever they, they emptied had things, in, in right. the clips, Rod. They emptied yeah. it, all the reserves, everything. You're right. They, I mean, they were they, they were missing like seven starters or something. Like at that one point, they had ten starters either yeah. completely out or that left at some point with an injury. Yeah. That's what it is. And, and then, then they, they went to Manhattan, and we saw what happened. And then they go to Lawrence and still beat up no Spencer Sanders, and that's what happens. Life in the Big 12, man. Comes Life at you fast. <laughs> Comes at you uh, fast. But if I was if I was PK, I'm thinking about that pass defense. I want to help them. Yeah, like I said in that Oklahoma State game, I think, yeah, you, you said you, you got no choice but to go with light boxes in this game. Um, but, man, think about allocating resources to help out the pass defense. Yeah. I think your run defense is strong, man. Jalen Ford. Hell, he helps it because he's probably the best run-stopping linebacker in the Big 12 right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting, too. I know Jalen Ford got some grief for the and, – and your linebackers are going to be targeted in the pass game. Oh, no question. But you've said it, Rod. Like, I think, I think this Texas defense is – it's a good litmus test, I think, to show people, like, how hard playing off-ball linebacker – we've oh. we talked about it for a long time on this podcast. No question. It shows you in today's game how tough like, – off-ball linebacker might be the toughest position to play in football right now. Totally agree yeah. with you. Because you're always defense. in an unfair situation exactly. almost. You're being, what you're being asked to do is it, the burden that mm-hmm. is being put on you is way too much. I mean, 10 years ago yeah. we were talking about it being, when we started this podcast, we were talking about it, safeties and nickels, the yep. the, bur- the pressure, the burden was on them. Yeah. And now totally it's shifted good. to off-ball linebackers. Yep, especially in the RPO, pre-snap motion, play-action pass yeah. world that we live in now. Package plays, it's just, and most of those are targeted toward linebackers. Like, mm-hmm. you're, yeah, because the three-step like motion just gets you a little to, bit out of oh, position. Every, catch the pass it affects the linebackers more than anything. And then you're, every, yeah, college, your every college yeah. coach I've talked to about it, every high school coach oh, no. I've talked about it, every clinic lecture I've sat in on it. Like, basically, life is hell for off-ball linebackers in an RPO scheme because the RPO takes all the traditional keys you've ever been taught at off-ball linebackers since you were playing peewee football. Yep. And just destroys them. It yep. uses them against you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. More yeah. than they use them against yeah. you. Yeah. They basically, yeah. Which is why you need instinctual players. You need mm-hmm. guys who have great instincts. Because pretty much you're playing off ball linebacker now. You know, you, it's just you're an agent of chaos. Yep. You. you know what I mean, I, I. I really wish that somebody could teach you. I'm sure you have cues and you have keys, but for the most part, as Matt mentioned, they're now flipping those and use those are counter keys. They're using those against you yeah. now. So yeah, you just got to be able to react 
and or, read very well and have great and recover, recovery yeah. speed. So that's why the speed is or you able to go and change direction. That's why they all run four fours now. Well, you go they, back, you go back to the 2017 yeah, Texas definitely. defense. If you've got two freaks like Malik Jefferson and Gary Johnson that can yeah. run, yeah, that makes up for a lot. It makes up for a lot. You can you can be wrong and still make plays because yeah. like what they're doing to you first pre snap, they're getting your momentum to be going one way against the way that you're supposed to be. Then you're going to have that option in the RPO to where mm-hmm. your eyes are going to make you be pulled in or sucked out, and then you've got to be able to reverse what you were doing only because it's your responsibility that way exactly. to then recover back, and yeah. you're now against a wide receiver, not a tight end that's crossing through your zone or whatever, and there's well. just so many things that you have to do. And you calculate, those are like three decisions, and we always talk about, you know, you don't want hesitation in like how these, how certain players can look like, you know, like they're just lost, and it's because you're stuck in between the decision, and yep. that's why you're saying the instinctive players, sometimes you just got to have somebody that is instinctive there, and then hopefully they have that recovery speed and quickness to be able to go back. Yep. If I'm if I'm a college coach, I want somebody in my recruiting department, one of my analysts, I just want them culling film of high school and JUCO guys and say, I need you to go find me Jordan Brooks or Gary Johnson. That's what I need. Go find me. Go find me a track guy mm-hmm. that uh, has some some functional athleticism and instincts on the field, and I'll I'll start with that. Yeah. I'll I'll work with that. I agree with you, man. I, and I think you, that's why you see so more so many developmental projects at linebacker. You just want athletes. Jalen Ford. Yeah, I said yeah. <laughs> like, you need a project there because coming out of high school, you're not going to have all these skills we're talking about. You need no. You're just not going to have it. Yeah. Nobody does. The guy, the, the 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 Anthony Hills and the Roquan Smiths. Uh, I know I just put Anthony Hill in the same breath. He's a high school kid. Put him in the same breath with a first yeah. round pick. But those guys are going to be few and far between. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's like one or two of those guys per year coming out. Yeah, yeah. And good luck trying to find. You one. brought up the best NFL <laughs> example. And what did he do last night? He got traded to a new team, plugged in, and made every single important play you needed at linebacker. And by the way, Rod, those guys like you're competing with Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and Ryan Day for. For those yeah. guys, and, and you know. they've been getting all exactly. of them. Yeah. Georgia's got those guys for like seven straight years. Yeah, no, I think the bet honestly, they, a better blueprint would probably be trying to do what hell Mike Gundy did to find a Malcolm yeah. Rodriguez. Just go mm-hmm. look for just those a trainers, great damn athlete, high like IQ. Tweener. And turns out now Malcolm Rodriguez, yeah, hell, he might be getting starting reps for the Detroit Lions. But mm-hmm. I, that's why I looked at last year, like the uh, or I've I've looked at like the all the the best linebackers in the Big Twelve in the last let's say four or five years. Mm-hmm. And just kind of all of them, like we talk about Malcolm Rodriguez, high school quarterback, high school wrestler, played eight-man football in Oklahoma. Jordan Brooks was a eight track man? guy. Yeah, Jordan Brooks was a, Jordan Brooks was a track guy. Yep. Uh, Kenneth Murray was a safety conversion. Yep. Terrell Bernard was actually the rare guy that played off-ball linebacker right. in high school, which kind of makes me wonder why Todd Orlando and Tom Herman didn't bring him to Texas when they And he's kind of undersized still, so. yeah. considering what an old-school linebacker would be. Uh, but yeah. just so many, just there's no one specific. Uh, Gary Johnson, again, track guy. Yeah. Uh, even Malik Jefferson, just freak runner, just one of those guys that's a rare freak athlete. Like, it just, I don't know, man. It's Yeah. No, Overshawn, now I've Overshawn. spun him down. From a safety, I spun him down. I'm with you. I think it's just, I think you do better just trying to, Almost put uh, one of your scouts or analysts on it as they're one of their top priorities. Like, no, no, man, just go find me great athletes at linebacker. I just need them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or instinctive we'll safeties, or and we'll safeties, worry whatever. about them yeah. and try to have a front four that can stop the run themselves, so we don't have to worry about this linebacker in the run game. Yeah. I feel like that move is becoming more palatable too. Guys, oh, yeah. are, guys are more open to it. Set guys that are high school safety spinning down. 
Yeah, feel like guys are more open. I'm with you on that too. And when you see well, the value of where you can get drafted these yeah, days, yeah, I think the NFL's coming in yeah. now. That's yeah. why. Yeah, it's kind of the trickle down effect. Yeah, you know, what's valuable? Like you, you want to be premium. you in the, the the. I mean, same uh, thing to use the, in the NBA with centers. Like, mm-hmm. okay, do you want to do you want to be you know buried on the depth chart at safety, or do you want to be Isaiah Simmons or Zayvon Collins? I know I just mentioned two guys the Cardinals drafted, but yeah. What 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 you want? What you want to do? Mm-hmm. He's got to find one that's not afraid of physicality in the box. Yeah. Some guys, you know, their DBs like, now nah, I want no part of that at all. And some <laughs> guys, they don't mind getting in the box and being physical. Yeah. That's why, man. I, if I could just, can we just clone Gary Johnson? Just have like a labs of oh. Gary Johnson and just like every three years just cycle through him. That'd be great. Because yeah, he's perfect <laughs> for the college game. He really is. He he's is perfect man. college linebacker. He is perfect yeah. for this league too. Uh, let's talk about the Texas offense, Rod. I, I, I heard you again. By the way, if you're not listening to Rod on Ball Don't Lie, 3-7 on the horn every day, uh, you're just doing life wrong. You should be Appreciate listening to Rod that, every day. Agreed. Also, pregame show, you all did really good when listening the last two weeks. Oh, thanks, brother. Yeah. Um, shout out Aaron Hogan for forgetting to call me on pregame. But I know. Yeah, sorry about that. He admitted it later. He's like, I forgot to call Jeff. <laughs> I, was listening, I was like, you know what? And I, I was like, Rod's right. I am fine. I'm getting some pregame work done. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, good. Don't bother let me, Jeff now. He's good. Let me pass on this Anthony Cook note so they got it. And we'll, we'll just we'll live, <laughs> the, we appreciate, we'll live the fight another day. <laughs> um, but I'm with you, Rod. Like, only Steve Sarkeesian knows the why in terms of why the offense bogs down in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, but – We've clearly identified the what and and the mechanics of the how yeah. uh, this thing is bogging down, and it's just other than <laughs> other than Sart just doing it, I don't know what the answer is at this point. Yeah, because you've you continue to track it, and, and anybody that's followed Rod's research, and if you track it too, I, I'll let you get into it because there's so many of these intricacies of Sark's offense that you see almost all of them on display mm-hmm. in the second half or in the first half, the first and then half. in the second half. You might see one or two of them, but there's a metric crap ton of them that are missing. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, that's basically when I started researching Sark's offense and when he came to Texas, I just started, you know, really tracking what I think is the key to his offense. I I, I hate to break it down like this. I'm not trying to discredit the offense, but essentially it is just a gumbo of cheat codes and amalgamation assemblage. He just throws as many cheat codes, whether it be formations, personnel packages, concepts, uh, tactics, strategy. He just gives the defense too much information to process at one time. Why you see guys running wide open, you're like, man, what they got? Why is he wide open? Well, the defense had too much to track at one time. Uh, examples would be pre-snap motion, targets to motion, play-action pass, RPOs. He's different formations, multi-back sets, uh, the 6-0 line package when I started tracking mm-hmm. this year, the empty sets, all these little different things, right? Can I, can I stop you right there real quick? Uh, you're not simplifying it, Rod. I don't think you're dumbing it down. If that, I don't know if that's what you're worried about doing. or But it's just you can look at certain play callers. Every play caller has this. It's like, what is this guy all about? Like, what is his offense all about? Yeah. Some offenses are very matchup-based. Like, they just want to, hey, mm-hmm. I've, I've got this certain type of playmaker that I like, and my my whole ideology is yeah. I want to get, get him, him in, in as one-on-one. many favorable matchups as yeah. possible. Exactly. Uh, some guys, they want to work a certain part of the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, some guys, it's if Aaron like, shoots a big part of that. Like, hey, yeah, man, we yeah. You make you defend every part of yeah. Field. Like, a, if like a Brian Harson, I want to work on this one concept because I'm going to set up something later. Yeah. I'm going to set up my shots based on the inside zone or mm-hmm. the the counter yeah. or whatever it is, and then boom, when you least, I'm going to lull you with this, and then boom, I'm going to come back and hit you with yeah. this. And all the things that you talk about, the Sark building those mismatch or those different areas where you just see. 
efficient returns across the analytics. If you look at yes. football, it, and yes. it's smart to do that because exactly. you know that those are sort of cheat codes that are they built are. in and you get yeah. higher returns on them. That's why I sort of would like to ask, have you noticed, because it's something we've talked about before, but then like almost as if he's afraid to show the same thing multiple times within one game, because yeah. would that be a reason why no, he doesn't I, do them in the second no, half? That's, that's one thing we talked about, right? And he's... What I, you know, kind of conceptual signatures, cheat yep. codes, force yeah. multipliers, whatever you want to call them, right? And These not little, having eight variations off of the one. Yes. And I'm sorry for interrupting in. you, Robert. No, I just wanted ahead. to. I know well, I just wanted to. But they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're just baked in cheat codes, but he bakes in probably more than anybody else mm-hmm. in college football. He just puts a ton of them at one time. And it's brilliant. And you can see in the first half, you all, and your eyes are telling you this, right? I don't have to mm-hmm. describe, I'm just trying to break it down to you and extrapolate the information. But your eyes tell you, man, in the first half and the results tell you, the points too. That in the first half, his offense is much more innovative and creative, right? And it's because he 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 utilizes all of these cheat codes talk about. And what I've noticed last year and now again this year, same thing. I went track Texas Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, K State. All right, those games that he is using fewer of those force multipliers, cheat codes, conceptual signatures in the second half compared to the first half. In the uh, even in the K State game, all right, they won it, they won it, but you had fewer empty sets. Less pre-snap motion, less targets to motion, fewer multi-back sets, fewer 6-0 line sets, uh, fewer RPOs, fewer deep shots, but actually he had to you know, bring that yeah. down a little bit. I totally understand it. Uh, but he did have more bunched and condensed sets and more play-action pass or higher rates of it, I should say. So some things increased, but my in Texas Tech, same thing. Fewer targets to motion, fewer multi-back sets in the second half. Fewer six line packages, less of the Wildcat, less empty formation, less bunch and condensed sense, lower first down pass rate was was a thing for him. But I, now with Bijan being the identity of the offense, I think that changes. But he did have more pre-snap motion or higher rates of it and more RPOs. Uh, Texas Oklahoma State, lower rates of pre-snap motion, empty formation, play action pass, bunch formations, condensed sense, multi back sets. You get it. All right, so my point would be why not just have more – why not track all this stuff, which he has people doing that, and do more of that – and and within your offense rather than less of it because I think that's actually the key to what makes your offense unique. Just me breaking yeah. it down. And like I said, I'm not trying to dumb it down, but in its most rudimentary form, it's just a yeah. bunch of cheat codes. Can and I, he, yeah. he uses less of them. Like, no, not yes, more. Use more. And he's never really tried to use more in that situation where he's up double digits at the halftime up in the fourth. Can I give you a theory? Just Again, I'm spitballing here. Like everybody else, I'm, I'm just yeah. I'm spitballing. I think it, it to me it's one of two things. And again, I don't mean to make it that rudimentary, but this is just kind of piecing this together through mm-hmm. the sample. This kind of I see it. I think on one hand, it could be are they just misidentifying the cheat codes that are working and just using them and ignoring things like, well, this whatever those cheat codes are in that particular game, these aren't really working. We're going to focus on these in the second half. Oh, just like the two or three that actually end up in Yeah. You could. I can go back and track and see success rates. Because, like, like you I said, Rod, the, the things that they're doing but, in the second half of these games, it's not always the same stuff that they do more or less of. My point is, again, yeah. let's say you're right. Let's let's go with that hypothetical experiment. Okay. It ain't working. I know, but so I'm saying they're not, misidentifying yeah, it. Yeah, misidentifying Why not just do all of them? Why not I'm, use more of all of them or at least use more of most of them yeah. instead of taking out one or two and saying, okay, we're just going to use more RPOs rewind or more play action pass. No, 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 I'll rewind the script. No, play the hits. Yeah, that's what I'm Not saying. rewind the script. No, well, play the hits. I'm with you. Take I'm just playing devil's right. advocate. No, 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 no. I'm, trust me, we're trying to have a conversation because yeah. I agree with you. I'm, I'm perplexed and stupefied as well. But to Matt's point, right, and I've said this before, 
when he say you had the uh, Xavier Worthy uh, play in the Oklahoma State game, right? You uh, put him in the backfield oh, and just ran was, around with him. Yeah, never saw it again. Uh, you had the orbit return motion play uh, against Oklahoma State. That was really cool. Where you fake the re- reverse, yeah, end up scoring a touchdown. Really cool. Never saw it again. You had a Keelan Robinson play like that too in the first half, where you run. Uh, basically almost an RPO where he goes in motion in 21 personnel, and if the linebacker bumps out with him, he makes the the count in the box favorable to you, so you just hand it off. But since he didn't bump, hey, that means we got the advantage on the outside, and he just, he just hikes it and throws it right to Keeler Robinson, 19-yard gain. Never saw it again. You know yeah. like, so to Matt's point, it, it, can we at least play the hits? Yeah. Can we at least yeah. just play the hits? That's it. Play, do it one more time. <laughs> you know exactly. It was a great play. Can we do it one more? I think they had a screen in the K-State game with Bichon. Great screen. I call. love their screen game. I don't think we ever saw it again. We didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's what I mean. Like, like play the hit. Do it one more time. If they stop it the second time, okay, move on. But do it again. If you catch them with it, run it again. Yeah, the only other thing I can think of, like I said, they're misidentifying what's working. You could be and right they're just picking that. the wrong things. But I'm with you, Rod. What? Just Keep doing what you're doing. Do all it's of not, it. Do not, more of all of it. It's all working. Just yeah. keep doing it. <laughs> or because it's a combination of things. It ain't just you, you take out and try to extrapolate one cheat code, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Because the key to Sark's offense and it's the key to the drill them. is yes, it's the combination of it. Right. It makes it so tough to consume and process. Right. By defender. Don't simplify or, your process because we talked about it even back to last year, and he admitted that he would simplify yeah. his he playing goals because the trust. players weren't smart. He said enough. he didn't trust the players. And well, well, then now, now you do. Tr- that you can't should be the trust these guys. You need to, and that's it. May be something where this is just an inherent flaw within him as a play caller, it where be. it's it's something that he isn't confident in, even though he maybe he's displacing that misconfidence in his players. It, because mm-hmm. there's some reason why you aren't doing it. In it had good returns. If it didn't have good returns, it makes sense to not do it. But I think there might be an inherent like, and it, may, it would make sense when pressure situations. You've had to do a lot. You're bogged down. You aren't yeah, b- I, making I, as good of decisions it's, as it's a possible that we're overcomplicated too. Listen, guys. Yeah, he's got all damn day and night to come up with a script. Exactly five plays. Okay. Yeah. All right, he's got all damn week all to week. come up with. He's hanging out. He's all relaxed doing it. We've talked and about he's, it. he's there. He's drawing up plays. He's sitting there talking with sure. Patterson, PK, and then come up with a brilliant script. During the game, as we know, you don't have that kind of time, especially as a head coach. Maybe as a play caller and a coordinator you did, but now as a head coach, you don't have that kind of time. You literally have to do it on the fly. And I think that may be the issue for him is that Agreed. he doesn't have a week to come up with the adju- to counter the adjustments. And that's and what our theory's be- been. Yeah, exactly. He needs to be better at anticipating the adjustments. And there are what I think he should give up the play calling of the 20-play script, make it 25, give it up, let Brendan Marion or Kyle Flood do it while you take notes and you start the second half script. Just start it. And then you'll know how the defense is attacking the offense. What not a doing, bad idea. And you start it up really quick. Just that, those plays are already scripted. You've been yeah. practicing them all week. Everybody knows them. Why you got to call them? Now, yeah. if you want to step in right, and say, whoa, 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 they just had a turnover. Oh, whoa, 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 I don't like this series. I'm, I'm stepping in. Get, go ahead. You're the coach. You do that. Reorder but the if it goes like it did versus the K-State game where you got, what, you score three touchdowns on your first, what, three drives? Yeah. Eight plays, 75 yards. Eight plays, 75 yards. Eight plays, 75 yards. If it goes like that, bro, be there taking notes. Like, ooh, the second half, I'm about to dial it up. Right, do yeah. that, or it, it, during the week, give your game plan to to, to Gary Patterson and PK and say, "Listen, I need y'all to reverse engineer this damn game plan. Give me every 
every adjustment you would make at every level of the defense for every player. I'm giving you the game plan. And then they'll give you the adjustments. And, yes, the opponent may not make every adjustment that GP and PK came up with, but at least some of those adjustments they're going to make. Mm-hmm. And then you already have the counter ready. They're going to go, oh, I got the creative counter. And then that will give you at least a, a, a leg up, right? It will get you, give you a starting point. Um, so there's things I think Sark could do creatively. I think playing the hits is probably the best place to start. Yeah. Take the four, five plays that worked, dress them up differently, different formation, different personnel package, and throw them at them again and see if they figured it out. If they didn't, yeah. play the hits. I want to <laughs> get to something Matt said, though, because that's the other thing I'm thinking. Like I said, it's either misidentifying stuff and you're just doing the wrong stuff, or it could be some kind of – and when I say ego thing, I'm not criticizing Sark because, look, all, all play callers, once you get to that level, everybody's got an ego. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get to that level without one. It's gotta. I wonder if it's just something where Sark's like, okay, we've been gimmicky. Now I want to go like and just kind of go a little yeah, a little meathead. Like, that, yeah, that, now I want to go win real be, football game. I hope he's not. Oh uh, yeah, because that's what Tom that's, Herman. That's used to do. meathead stuff. If he's doing that, I, don't, I yeah. hope that's not going on. I think it's I hope a, not either. I think it's a flaw. And listen, he's still an evolving head coach. It's not act like yeah. Sark came here as an elite head coach or anything. And I think it's just something that he's evolving with, and that's one of the, that's probably the next step for him as a head coach. Because now that's a that's a clear trend that we've all identified. It's yeah. like Sark and here, you're getting yeah. Sorry, go. Ahead. Oh no, and I got some trends that I sort of stumbled into while we're talking about this and i haven't heard anybody point it out now it's sort of obvious but if you look at a per quarter production by the texas offense there's a stark contrast in only drop off in the pass game if you look at the run game across the board by quarter texas 4.9 per rush in the first six and a half in the second five yards per rush in the third 5.3 in the fourth in the fourth texas runs for 55 yards they run for 42 ish in the third they run for 61 in the mm, second and 33 in the first but the immense drop off is in the pass game the pass game if you look at it completion percentage first half first quarter is 65% 68% drops down to 55 56 if you go look at passer rating it's 159 college rating in the first quarter 183 college rating in the second mm. drops down to 118 in the third to 108 in the fourth like yards per attempt 9.1 in the first quarter 9.7 in the second quarter drops down to 6.1 in the third to 6.4 in the fourth and the other one is yards yards in the first quarter 72.4 passing yards 106 passing yards per game in the second quarter 45 in the third, 31 in the fourth. Damn, it's numbers. clearly yeah. a massive drop-off in the pass game, not mm-hmm. in the run game, to where it's the pass offense gets inefficient. And when that happens, it really can hurt you. I didn't realize that the numbers rushing-wise wow. were that good in the first and actually sort of <laughs> go up if you look by half. Makes sense as to why Bijan's the key if you just ride Bijan like they did Iowa State. Like they did in the K State game, yep. ended up winning those games, and they didn't do it as much in the Oklahoma State game. It's interesting though the pass game. He's a quarterback, and it drops off. And I think Immensely. somehow, psycho. If I psychoanalyze Sark and I go deep enough down the rabbit hole, I'll be able to connect my theory of him being an insecure uh, play caller when he doesn't get his deep shot. When he because he did it in the K State game, he kept mm-hmm. doing it. He, yeah. I'll tell you guys, he's he's, he's going to chase that deep shot till he gets it. Oh, yeah. that to him. 
that it, it almost confirms like all the preparation, the game plan, validation. Yes, great, great word. It validates everything for him, and I think it almost for him it provides him with swagger and confidence. He's a different play caller when he gets an early shot as opposed to when he doesn't. Think about Oklahoma game early shot, and when he's chasing an early shot like he was in Oklahoma State game, right? Yeah, everybody blamed Quinn in this Oklahoma State game. Yeah, you know, like, but he, that's yeah. just start calling yeah, the play. Think, even in this game, right? Sark understood that because I think I looked at Quinn Ewers' numbers, and most of his uh, passes were less than 15 yards. He walked it back, right? He had 18 completions, right, 18 or 31? Mm -hmm. 12 of the 18 completions, shorter than five yards. Yeah. Six were at, I think, behind the line of scrimmage, actually. Yeah, so he because kept it. he was like, no, 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 my quarterback on the road, I ain't gonna, I ain't even gonna trust him. In that they situation. used the uh, Savion Red on a couple of those smoke screens. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, the screen to Bijan was big. That's the one thing. Like, I, I know we can pick apart this offense and uh, say what we like, what we don't like. Man, their screen game period is just so good. I just wish they would do it more. Number one, because you've got the guys that can make people miss the space. But number two, those are high percentage throws for Quinn. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Move the chain, and they did a good job of doing that early with Jatavian Sanders too, with moving the chains and the tight end screen has been good for them. Mm-hmm. Yep, and even yep. just settling for passes underneath. I mean, I was watching that first half and was like, it really reminded me sort of when it clicked last year when Mahomes always talks about you know it took till like week eight and playing the Titans and getting beat before like their offense got content with taking everything underneath. And in that first half, I was really happy seeing Quinn being able to find on his second and third progression, you know, Sanders underneath and find mm-hmm. and receive because all the attention is going to go to Worthy. You know that he's going to bring it, and that's where the quarterback within a play, even if the play call is for the deep play, to still be like, well, if it's not there and I see that I got single coverage, I'll take one-on-one all day long with Jatavian and Bijan, yep. even Rojo out of the backfield. I love getting Jatavian Sanders involved early in, in the K-State game and just keep feeding that guy. Uh, even guys, the play call doesn't have to be there for him, and you can still yeah, get it to him. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like Saturday, since these teams are bizarro versions of each other, TCU not gets behind and then has to come back in the second half. Texas can get out to a big lead and then has to try to hang on. I feel like Texas will get up forty nine nothing at halftime. Then it'll be forty nine forty nine at the end of regulation. <laughs> then we're going on overtime and a shootout in overtime. That was Oklahoma know, last year. Yeah, yeah. but uh, right no, nah, man, this is going to be a hell of a game. And when you look at like the recruiting visitor list, uh, as we sit here and record this, there's been a lot of movement with Texas and Colton Vosick. Uh, that hasn't been a secret to anybody that's followed this deal. Anthony Hill, the five star linebacker from Denton Ryan, decommits from A and M. He's going to visit Texas. This weekend, Bravion Rogers from the Grange, another A and M commit, going to be in town. Javin Toviano from Arlington, uh, Arlington Martin, he's going to be in town. Uh, it's a Texas fighting LSU for him. So a lot of big time recruits, man. Jelani McDonald from Waco Conley. A lot of guys Texas looking at in the secondary, man. Peyton Bowen from Denton Ryan committed to Notre Dame. So, uh, man, it's a if you're a Texas fan, guys, this is what you've been waiting a decade plus for. You've been waiting for a game in November, a primetime ABC game against a team that tonight when the CFP rankings, they'll be top five, maybe top four. You've been waiting for this opportunity to have a relevant game. It's got national championship implications, not for you, but for TCU. It's definitely got Big 12 championship implications. It can give you a massive boost in recruiting. And this is kind of summing up the K-State game moving on. I don't know why, but I just kept thinking about Augie Garrido after the K-State game 
because I heard Augie describe this many times. Augie defined mental toughness when he defined mental toughness. He said mental toughness is doing the things you have to do so you get to do the things you want to do. I like that. Texas had to beat K-State to get this opportunity. Now they've got it. This is going to be it's going to be a freaking blast this weekend, man. Yep, I agree. So, I can't wait. Uh, it's a big moment for Sark, man. He got his signature win, um, but now it's time to you know turn the change the narrative, and this is the game to change the narrative. Yep, absolutely. Yep. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 104.9, 1160, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can hear Rod B. each and every weekday on Ball Don't Lie with Mike Harge from 3 to 7. You can also get myself and Craig Way each and every weekday on Light the Tower from 10 to noon. And thanks to Matt, get all of our archives, our classic interviews and shows are available on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. Search Horns 24-7 anywhere you get your podcast. That's Horns 247. No dashes, no slashes, no spaces. Click the follow button. Get every episode of The Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. This episode is brought to you by Progress of insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates Price and coverage match limited by state law. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.